Welcome to Love Rules, the radio ministry of Roxbury Presbyterian Church in Boston. My mom, Liz Walker, was Boston's first African-American television news anchor, but her most important job is what she does right now at RPC, preaching the good news about God's love. The Bible says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. How does that work? Join my mom now as she offers us Love Rules from Roxbury Presbyterian Church. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Love Rules. Today's message, What We Gain. And our text today is from Luke, the fourth chapter, the first through the 13th verses. You'll know this story because it's a good Lent story. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. The Lent season, which leads to the holiday, the holiest day of our faith, Resurrection Sunday, is considered a time of self-examination and preparation, a time in which we prepare our hearts and minds for what God has in store for us. This is a time when we pay special attention to our sins, when we focus on that thing that keeps us at a distance from God. That thing can mean any number of habits or distractions or temptations. That is why Lent is traditionally set aside for the discipline of fasting, abstaining from something, certain foods or liquids. It's based on the biblical principle of self-denial. In Jesus' own words, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So we learn about what denial means. You know, fasting is, is the most powerful discipline of self-denial. There are partial fast and absolute fast, and people can fast habits like television or the Internet. Anything that represents a distraction from God. I don't think the kind of fast is as important as the motivation. Whatever fast you choose, it is an intensely intimate discipline best practiced in prayer, intended to raise our spiritual consciousness, intensify our level of humility, and leave us empty and open before God. I suggest that fasting is a good discipline. Even if you do it for a day or two days, it's just a good habit to learn. You know, during Jesus's 40 days in the wilderness, the Bible tells us he ate nothing. He fasted to prepare himself for the mission that God had sent him to accomplish. Fasting is just a good spiritual practice, as I said, and I, and I really want you to think about it. 
the Lord assumes that we will do it. If you go to Matthew, uh, the sixth chapter, the 16th verse, when Jesus is preaching of the Sermon on the Mount, he says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. When you fast, he doesn't say if. He just assumes that you're going to fast just like you're going to give and you're going to pray. It is clearly Jesus' assumption that the children of God will fast. Fasting is serious, it's sobering, it's not to be taken lightly. And that may be the reason that nobody practices it. (laughs) Well, at least it is not practiced as much as it used to be. Back in the Middle Ages, abstinence was overtaken by legalism. So today, our culture says, no, we don't want to get too deep into anything because it, it could get too extreme. But our problem in this culture is instant gratification. We don't want to wait for anything. We want everything now. We don't know about the notion of sacrifice or, or abstinence or giving up for the greater good. Generally, the way we look at this Lent season is that it's a season of giving up something. And everybody, you know, moans and groans and thinks, well, I will do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it because I have to give up something for God. But I would argue that there's a much better way to look at it. I suggest that we practice the discipline of fasting, not for what we give up, but for what we take on, what we gain. While fasting may be physical abstinence, it is intended to be a spiritual feast, a feast in the times of testing. See, it's all how you decide to look at it. Let's go back to the text. Luke, the fourth chapter, first through the 13th verse. I'm just going to read one. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. Now, the Greek term for temptation is parizo. It means to be examined, tried, This is a truth you have to remember. This time in the desert, this time when Jesus is looking forward to his public ministry, is a time of testing, a time of trial. Why was Jesus tested? Why would God allow the devil to step in before Jesus even hits the road with his ministry? God knew Jesus' heart. He knew he was without sin. Couldn't Jesus have avoided this uncomfortable time and gotten right down to business? Jesus faced the enemy and was tested and went through these trials for our sake. Temptation is is part of the human experience. For Jesus to be fully human, for him to understand us completely, he chose to face temptation. Hebrews, the fourth chapter, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Now, everybody knows what testing means. I just got off the uh, Southeast Expressway. That's a huge test. Every day, people in situations test our limits, our patience, our last nerve. We are all tempted to anger, intolerance. We're tested with illness and tragedy. Testing can be a humbling experience in order for us to realize how much we need God. We are tested in order to learn how to choose obedience and faithfulness in order to learn how to choose Jesus who faced every temptation we do without giving in to sin. Now that shows us that we do not have to sin when we're tempted. It doesn't mean we'll be perfect. We are sinners saved by grace, but Jesus is such a perfect model. And by modeling Jesus, we can grow spiritually. 
And that is what this journey is all about, after all. It is about spiritual growth. James 1, 3. The testing of our faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that we may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You know, I have to tell you, I'm so thankful that you've joined us today. I just want to remind you that Love Rules is totally listener-supported. That means we're only on the air because you choose to put us on the air. Won't you make a donation right now to keep this program on the air? Log on to RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org. Click on Giving. We sure appreciate your willingness to give. How do we prepare for a test? If testing strengthens our faith, then this spiritual discipline of fasting is one of the best tools we can use to prepare for tests. This fasting in the desert allowed Jesus to clearly and profoundly reflect on what kind of Messiah he would be, how he would use his power, what kind of kingdom he would establish. The questions the devil brought up were deep questions that Jesus had to ponder. The fact that Jesus fasted, that he abstained from a normal physical routine, teaches us how seriously Jesus took this time, how seriously Jesus related to God. You know, there is no higher purpose. I have lived my life having all kinds of desires and goals. I, you know, was in television. I had my own business. I have been a humanitarian, doing things for justice. But I have to tell you, doing anything for God is the highest purpose you can have. So fasting kind of prepares you for that, makes you think about that. Uh, makes you understand sacrifice. In modern times, there are fasts to lose weight, to clean out our systems. The fasting that Jesus undertook was a form of worship, a centering on God. Once you are centered on God, then you have a better understanding of all you gain. You see, the devil will tempt you with all kinds of things, and, and I know what temptation is about, and I know what giving in to temptation is about. The devil says, oh, let's go and buy a new car or, or get a, a house that you can't afford or buy that dress, even though you have a good one already. And I'm not saying that you don't need beautiful things sometimes, but sometimes we can be tempted to do too much. But in this act of fasting, you are obeying the Bible, which says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil and the devil will flee. So all those temptations, be they big temptations, uh, the temptation to have an affair, the temptation to steal, or be they those small temptations, buying a dress you can't afford or, or watching a movie that might not be of the highest level. Uh, oh, there's so many temptations that we face in our day-to-day -day life. And if we submit ourselves to God, we can resist them and the devil will flee. Psalm 42, 7 reads, deep calls to deep. You see, the more we thirst for Christ, the more we thirst for righteousness. And it's really about deep living. That's what living and submitting to God is all about. So fasting helps us keep focused on what's important, what's deep, what glorifies God, what satisfies God. 
And that's what Jesus was doing in this time in the desert. He was preparing for a life that was devoted and submitted fully to God. I just want to tell you that when Jesus went into the desert, you know, you think that God was leaving Jesus there and he was on his own as a human. He was fully human, fully divine, but the human side of him was left alone. If he's doing all this fasting, you, you might think, well, God is not there. And Jesus is acting out of some desperation to find God. But the text reads, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. God led Jesus into the wilderness. He didn't leave him there. Jesus was never separated from God's love. This testing experience does not mean that we're going to have to go without God. We might go without some things we we think we like, but we will never be alone. We are always going to have God with us. Isn't that a good thought? Be well, everybody. Be blessed. Thank you for tuning in. Roxbury Presbyterian Church is located at 328 Warren Street, right in the heart of Roxbury. Come worship with us on Sundays at 11 a.m. This is a listener-supported program. We invite you to partner with us and learn the many ways that love rules. Visit us on our website, RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org, or call us at 617-445-2116. Love will reign if you let me.